Alexa. Actually, that song is so powerful, you need time to kind of let it just, like, kind of, I think silence is good. We get uncomfortable with it, but you know what I mean? Like, I think we need to marinate in that song a little bit. Um, I love our, our theme this year, Faithful Together. I think that song kind of is, is an example of what that's like, you know. That song, sometimes I'm just caught up. I'm singing my part, but then I'm hearing the Hear My Prayer, Lord, and it's speaking to me. Even I'm singing my part, but I'm glad those altos are bringing that part. You know what I'm saying? And I'm feeling it. And, you know, I will strive to, I was like, okay, I, I got that part too. And I just think that's, the, that's beautiful, you know, and I think that's what the church should be about. It's we're all doing this together. You, you, hey, bring your part. You might even be a little off key like me, but that's all right. Come on, bring it in, because it gets drowned out in all other good stuff. You know what I mean? That's church right there, right? Uh, so if you visited, you've come to the off-key singing people that when they come together, it sound all right. So that's basically our definition of church and uh, being faithful together. And uh, we have been, uh, we've been in a series that has, has been mentioned. Uh, we've been like a spiritual summer school, if you think about it. Uh, all summer, we've been talking about these concepts of practicing the way of Jesus. And uh, we really feel strongly about that. It's not just about listening to sermons on Sunday morning. <laughs> what are you doing on Thursday at 2 o'clock? Right? That, that's the kind of stuff that should matter too, right? We're not going to be spiritual if all you're getting is this Sunday morning. I'm going to tell you that right now. So we need to practice things. Practice actually means that it has to be repeated. The same type of stuff repeated over and over, right? And I hope that as you look at these topics... And as you go into your memory banks of remembering these messages, or as you go online and listen to the Practicing the Way series from last year, where we talked about some different things, like Sabbath and silence and solitude, and you start putting it all together, it's our desire that you actually put this into practice. Not every single one of them at the same time, y'all. Come on now. You got to have some common sense, too. You can't do it all at the same time. So what I want to encourage you to do is latch on to one and ride with it and practice it and go through the ups and the downs and the boring parts and the man, this isn't working part and the this is ineffective or this isn't my personality or this is the, uh, it's easier for me to, uh, I know, but work through all of that and hold on and practice the word of God and letting not, not just you reading the word, but letting the word read you and learning how to do that. It's a, there's a way to do it. Jesus showed us how and we can practice his way. And uh, the last couple of weeks, we've been focused on hospitality. And I hope that you've been encouraged uh, by the messages from Tom and uh, also from Jordan. And uh, today is going to be a little bit different. And uh, if you have a Bible, feel free to open it. Today is going to be a little bit different. So you've been hearing sermon typical, you know, sermons, amen, and that's good. Today we're coming at it from a little different angle, if that's okay with you. And the spirit of this comes from Romans 15, 14. Paul writes, I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, complete in knowledge, and competent to instruct one another. Wait a minute, Paul's an apostle and he's actually saying that some of the brothers and sisters there are competent to share some things that could be helpful. 
That's the spirit of today. You're going to hear from not just the preacher. You're going to hear from some of the brothers and sisters here at the church. And I love this passage. In our Marietta Square community, we had a midweek this past week, and we had a single brother, Zechariah, up there preaching the word to all of us. Right? He's, he was competent to instruct us from the word of God. And, and I personally was ministered to. People were sharing how they were ministered to. Single man, opening up the word of God, preaching to people, married, kids, whatever. Amen. And today you're going to hear from some different folks in our fellowship about hospitality and what they are learning. And, and perhaps you can learn from their example. Because don't forget, Jesus one time, he had a great quote unquote sermon message. But all he did was say, look at this woman. You see what she just did? You see that real woman? You see those real coins that she put in there? She put in more than all them rich people. What did, what did Jesus do? He looked, at, he looked at someone's life, and it was instructive, okay? And so let's look at some folks' lives, and they're going to share specifically today about this concept of hospitality. And the first uh, you're going to hear from are Sherwin and Debbie McIntosh. Yeah, so what that means is that we have different people speaking today. So if you don't like it, come back next week and you'll have good speakers next week. So, you know, uh, this is my lovely wife, Debbie. And we're going to be sharing a little bit today on hospitality. Uh, we are a little out of kilter here, right? uh, tilted or kiltered or something, uh, as you can tell. Um, but we, are, we just came back from camp, from teen camp uh, at the swamp. So we are not well, we have not slept in, well in a long time. And we've been putting on Shining Stars. Uh, our uh, Shining Stars are Performing Arts Academy. And we, we had 50 kids out there teaching them how to, teaching them the Bible, but also teaching them how to sing and dance and act. And so we're going to give you a little flavor of that. How many of you have never been to the swamp? Wow. So, uh, and this year, if you, even if you went out as a parent to drop off your kids, you weren't allowed to get out of the car. And if you see that, the little guy up there, he has a mask on, a little mask on. So yeah, it's our, it's our COVID season. So we did something a little bit different this year. Instead of having a live showcase, we had filmed everything. And so this is a little sample of one of the films we did. I never imagined I would be here I couldn't have planned it, couldn't have worked it out I didn't believe it when they said it Everything's about to change And now I'm facing all of my fears And there ain't nothing gonna keep me down A little love is all I needed Never gonna be the same Right, right, right where I wanna be I, I, I don't ever wanna leave Feeling alright, dancing to the beat of the time of our lives together. This is the best thing ever. There's nothing better. We're out in the light, moving to the rhythm of the time of our lives. Whoa, whoa, whoa. this is the best 
taste of the swamp and you can see all the different buildings there the facilities it's an amazing place North River has been contributing to that uh, with our season of generosity for years and I think Tom how much have we given over the years over half a million dollars yeah to that so thankful to you and it's not just about singing and dancing. If you see some of those guys up there, the first night, they're like, I don't want to be here. My mom made me come. I don't care about the Bible. And I certainly don't want to sing and dance. <laughs> that was what the lead guy said, the guy that started out there. And by the end, we had a gratitude devotional. And he is like, I am so grateful to be here. He said, I started out singing and dancing with when I was a kid, but then it became uncool, and I stopped, and I put it away, and I said, I'm not going to do it again. And he said, this has brought me out, and what I want to do now is to become a disciple, to become a Christian, and to really be able to help other kids become Christians. So that's pretty amazing to see that transformation. And those lives are lives that you have affected through your contribution. So thank you for that. Um, and also, I want to thank you for opening our home. We're talking about hospitality, right? And um, this is how we used to look with our hospitality, right? Uh, being able to gather together. And then all of a sudden, it turned to that <laughs> right over the past year. But I'm grateful, and we're going to enjoy this moment because we're not sure what's going to happen the rest of the summer, right? But uh, that we can be here. Thank you for opening our North River home to some special friends of mine today. We have with us some eight or nine uh, ladies from my high school that I grew up with. This is the Sisters of 73. They graduated in 73. Can you guys stand up here? I did not date any of them, but uh, they, they, they do this together. They have um, uh, traveled together a couple of times a year for different things, and so they were going to be in the Atlanta area. They said, we want to come see your church. We want to hear your choir. I said, well, you don't really have a choir right now, but we have people that everybody sings, so I hope that you guys are able to join it. So happy to have you here, and uh, it's making me very nervous, but I'm okay. <laughs> 
So yeah, so this is what our COVID year ended up looking like. Uh, it was a COVID hit, uh, but we tried, we were very creative, right, in, in what we did. Um, we learned to have Zoom things. We see the flowers we have there on a little table. This is a Zoom date. Uh, we even dressed up for this one, right? Um, some friends in New York and in Florida joined us. Um, we met in our driveways, right? You, you all did this too, right? Just trying to have hospitality, right? Trying to think about how we can practice hospitality safely so everybody felt comfortable. This is our neighbors across the street. Maria had just finished her last uh, treatment of chemo, and so she is uh, cancer-free right now, so we were celebrating that at her place. This is Jan and Greg. I got to be really good at making charcuterie boards so uh, we could eat that outside and, and fellowship outside. And uh, Tom and Gail Bogle, great friends of ours, please be praying for him. He got bit by something last night and had to go to the emergency room, uh, was having an allergic reaction to that. But obviously, we're pretty happy right there. And we had baptisms. <laughs> Have you ever seen a masked baptism? So this is it. That's the Arnest. That's Bella getting baptized in our pool. Uh, but try it again to use our homes and, and find out. Oh, and we... The, the drive-by birthday party, right, actually became a reality. So that was Debbie's birthday. She was 40 years old uh, this year. So we're very proud of that. But we're going to do a few points here. The first one is practice, practice, practice. What's the old joke about how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, practice. I guess it's really old, isn't it? <laughs> you don't know that. That's how you... How do you get to Carnegie Hall when you're in New York, you're given directions? Anyway, it's, I have, you have to explain it. It's not a joke anymore. <laughs> so looking at this, um, it says, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. And that's been kind of our theme here is practicing the way, right? And so that takes practice. And I think a lot of, a lot of us are out of practice, right? Because we've been doing such weird ways of getting together. You've been actually trying to stay away from people rather than have people in your house. It's like, oh, no, you can't come in. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, you have to stay at the door. But uh, we're trying to change that now. So, but it takes practice. I remember when I was uh, growing up in Avon Park. Uh, thank you. Uh, I knew I could get some applause out of that. Um, I was surrounded by people who practiced hospitality. So grateful for all of you and just I mean, being in school together, but was surrounded by family. Uh, my cousins were there. Uh, my, they had this big house, a Martha Ann and uh, SY, and they uh, would invite all our family over. And Aunt Jarell was like, she knew how to throw a party and she appreciated things of beauty. And so she surrounded herself. We were, we were the poor kids on the other side of the track, you know, and so we didn't have a lot, but we were, my mom was able to share what she had, you know, we would grow vegetables, we would do things like that, and kind of taking hospitality with us to their house. But uh, it was just amazing to see how we were able to do that. And then uh, when we went, fast forward to college, Crossroads, I was there, became a Christian there, and Frank and Linda Bogle took in a starving college student like myself and would have meals. It was like Sunday, you could know that you could go to their house and there would always be a chair for you. And that was the kind of hospitality that still stays with me. And you can see Tom and Gail, they're actually in the hospitality business. That was their parents and it lives on through their kids uh, here even now. Um, 
Tom has talked about taking care of God's family, and we last week about doing that, but also we were, had visitors there. We would have visitors that would come, and it was not just food. Uh, I remember one of our elders said to me, uh, hey, come on over. I want to sweeten your pot. Does anybody know what that means? I had no idea. I was terrified. It was, <laughs> it was Christmas. He said, come on in. We're going to sweeten that pot. And... Uh, and he wrote down, he sat down, and he wrote a check for $100. And that was in the 70s, that was a lot of money. And so that was sweetening my pot. But it was not just food, it was giving to each other. And uh, that, was, that was a lot of money back then. Yeah. It's on. Keep talking. Uh, this was the hospitality handbook. So uh, we became Christians back in the 70s uh, in Gainesville, Florida. And um, the, the whole church was about hospitality. People were serving and giving. And um, like Sherwin, you know, I never really had people invite me over to their house for dinner, you know. But uh, it was just such a, a great time of fellowship uh, and just wonderful food. I mean, so because of all these wonderful women uh, and, and men, I guess, maybe there are some that were in here. Uh, they put together this hospitality handbook. I still use mine today. I know you can Google any recipe that you want. You don't need cookbooks anymore, but there is a macaroni and cheese recipe in this hospitality handbook that is the most amazing thing ever. Right, Chase? I, I celebrated uh, yesterday my 48th year of being a Christian, and for 48 years, I have made this macaroni and cheese for every Thanksgiving and every Christmas, and everybody loves it, and I even get messages from the Bogle girls, what is the recipe for the macaroni and cheese? Carrie, what is the recipe for the macaroni and cheese? So if you haven't had it yet, I'll try to get you some. Um, but this was just part of what we did. Also, uh, in, the, in the early days of being a Christian, we were in a singing group called the Crossroads Singers. Greg was in it. Other people out here were in it back in the 70s. Oh, my gosh. You see what a catch <laughs> I was, right? Oh, dear. Where'd you get that? Um, anyway, we would go on tours every year, twice a year, on a big Greyhound bus. Greg, I think you actually drove that bus. Did you not drive it in New York City? and got stuck on Under an overpass. Bridge, yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, we won't we talk about that. We had some crazy, crazy adventures. But the thing that I remember the most, we would drive into a city or a town, and uh, we would go to the church, we would set up, we would have a concert for the congregation, and then 40-odd families had signed up to take each of us home to their home to spend the night. I had never experienced anything like this. They would take us home, they would have snacks for us, They would everything would be it's so nice and so comfortable and so special. They would wake up the next morning, fix a big breakfast, make a bag lunch for us, and send us on our way. There was one tour in Texas where I don't know why, but pimento cheese sandwiches were the thing. I think we had pimento cheese sandwiches every day. But we learned to love pimento cheese sandwiches. We but were it was grateful. just yes. We were very grateful. Yes. But it was just, it, 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 early on in, in our marriage, in our relationship, we had amazing examples of people that really took the time to make things special. And it does matter. You know, it matters when you walk into someone's home and they have, you know, a nice cup of coffee or tea or they have a little snack for you. It matters. It doesn't have to be anything great. It just needs to be something from your heart to make them feel special and make them feel welcome. Right. 
So if you look at that book there, it says, For the Christian Woman. So I had a problem with that, right? I'm obviously not a Christian woman. Uh, but what I learned uh, soon was that if you look, and uh, one of our elders actually gave this sermon on one of the qualities for being an elder was to be hospitable. And so that was something that I started to learn as a single guy, that we would have dinners in our house on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We would learn to cook. We would learn to clean. We would have people in our homes, our friends from church, our friends from work. Uh, didn't matter. We would have people there and to learn to be hospitable because that was a qualification for an elder, and that's something that I wanted even at that time. And I think uh, I met a young lady then, uh, this lady right here, and I would have her over for dinner too. And you, Tom Bogle, if you know him, we would make bananas foster, flaming, flambe, and uh, cherries jubilee, and I think that won her heart, because it was obviously not the good looks, right, that was in the picture there. But uh, we were able to do that. We had a tiny house before tiny houses were cool. We finally got married. It was so great, we could sit in the kitchen uh, at the dining table, and you could just reach over to the oven and pull out the casserole that you made from the hospitality handbook. It's right there. Put it back without ever leaving your seat. It was amazing. So those are things that we learned uh, and appreciated. We also had a bedroom, uh, two bedrooms, and we would have, well, something we learned on tour was that people, when you would visit them, they would give you their bedroom, the master bedroom. Life has gotten complicated. We don't do that anymore. But, you know, with CPAP machines and other paraphernalia that you've got to carry with you. <laughs> but we would do that for the first few months of our marriage. And we had one couple that stayed for a month in our master bedroom. And we were in the other bedroom on this little single bed. So, but, yeah, a few months later, we had our first kid. So, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> It has its rewards, but you just keep going. Okay, I'm gonna to move to the next point. Hospitality. Martha, Martha. So the story of Martha, Martha. Uh, if you remember this in Luke 10, um, Mary and Martha, it's Martha's house, which I really found, figured out this, this time. Uh, they invite Jesus into it. And Martha is all tied up about trying to get things going and getting the right atmosphere and getting everything set. And she's so upset because Mary's just kind of sitting down talking to Jesus, right? And she even says, Jesus, can you help me out here? You know, Mary should be helping as well. And it's funny, he says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. It's kind of, you know, kind of a little slam there on Martha, but uh, I think it was uh, both of them working together. But ultimately, what we're trying to do when we have hospitality is to be able to focus on the connection, right? To focus on the connection, and that's what she did. Uh, we've been doing this together for a long time, and uh, we often joke about the fact that uh, I clean the inside of the cup, and Sherwin takes care of the outside of the cup, which means whenever people are coming over, I, the house has to be cleaned up. Everything's got to be perfect, and it takes a lot of work. It's a lot of work. You get really tired doing it, right? Uh, Sherwin doesn't care about that. All he wants to do is light a candle, 
candles all over the house. Then you don't notice when things are messed up. Sit down and play the piano, and everybody feels great. So we've really uh, become quite a team, and uh, I really try, 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 and pray, pray, pray to really not stress out about things, you know, to just, the most important things is to have people into your home. It doesn't matter if everything is perfect. It's not going to be perfect. It doesn't matter if everything is, is cleaned up. Just recently, we had our family group over, and I'm always screwing around trying to make sure everything is done. The sink is full of dishes. And so what does Jan do? She comes in and starts washing the dishes. People always ask, what can I do to help? And I just want to say, oh, don't worry about it. I got it. I got it. But people really do want to help. So let them help you. So come on over, Jan. I got more dirty dishes. Uh, But the thing that I really, you know, it says don't grow weary in doing good. And, uh, you know, when you, it it is hard work. You know, when some of us are really out of practice, it's just easier, right? Because we haven't been having people into our homes, but it's just so much richer when we can have people in, when we can have conversations over a nice meal or over a snack or whatever, because uh, what really is important is the connection and making sure that people know that they are loved and that they're important and that we want to share this time with them. Amen. Um, under that, before I go to this point, she's saying, don't do, yeah, make sure you do this, it's important, so I have to listen to her. Uh, but the Dodds have been an amazing example of opening their home to us, and uh, everything is all set up there for a family group, uh, and we saw five people become Christians in just a few months, and I owe that all to Michelle Dodd. I think she gets all the credit for that. Um, the, uh, also, the Wyatts are great examples of uh, hospitality, and it, it helps to have a beautiful home, right? A nice big place that you can have lots of people in. But you know, the thing that I'm always impressed with them is, again, the connection that they make, that you always feel like you are the only person there, that they make you feel so special. I want to close out with this. This is sharing the gospel in our lives. Um, you know, we've been fortunate to do a lot of traveling. We've been to India, where a leper colony, where they would invite you into their home uh, because of their hospitality. They wanted to share that time with you, share that space. Or in Africa, in an AIDS uh, village there, where you would go in and they would have this little bottle of Coke that they wanted to share with you. And just people out of their poverty were wanting to share. And in in New York, we always had people over. It was a big family, a big dormitory. I want to close out with uh, this guy. This is a verse, uh, we loved you so much, we were delighted to share not only the gospel, but our lives as well. And I think that's what hospitality really is. It's bringing you in, making you part of our family. Even our kids can be involved. Uh, We did a video for uh, Carrie. It was her 40th birthday last year uh, during COVID. And we had, I sent out a thing, if you had something you want to do, a little video for somebody. This is from my good friend, Daryl Howell. And he sent this to Carrie and uh, as a special birthday wish for her. Hi, Carrie. I wanted my video to be one of a kind because you are one of a kind. I don't know if you remember, but when you were six years old, I came to dinner at your house, you guys had a devotional on being grateful. And you shared how grateful you were at six years old for all these different things and it brought me to tears. And because of you, Carrie, because of your heart, 
and your gratitude, which I didn't have, but learned from you, I decided to study the Bible and became a Christian. So that's my favorite memory of you that I will always cherish for the rest of my life because you saved my life. God used you and your dad, who will always be one of my best friends, my true brother, to help me become a Christian. I think that, uh, you know, we will never know uh, the impact that we've had on people through our hospitality. Because I, I, I remember that moment, I certainly remember Daryl, but to a six-year-old, to have that kind of effect that our children can do that and can change someone's life. And I don't think that we will know the full impact of that until we get to heaven. When we get to God's house, he's making that special room for you, right? He's going to have us all in. We're going to play football. We're going to have, he's got a big, big house, lots and lots of rooms, and that we'll be able to hear those stories then. Like, yeah, I remember when you had me over, when you had, when you had coffee with me, uh, when you had, had me for dinner. So let's keep practicing, keep practicing hospitality and to know that God is going to bless that, continue to bless it. Thank you. Hey man, that's, uh, that's really encouraging to see that example, just people's example, uh, not just, uh, just you know, over a couple days, but years, decades uh, of their example that they learned from people before them as well. And uh, it's cool to have, uh, it's cool to be in a multi-generational church as well. Uh, you know, and I'd uh, reached out uh, to some of the folks and uh, a name came up, and man, this couple is so hospitable. And uh, so I reached out uh, to, to Olu and Kamala because they've been, people say, man, they're so hospitable. Uh, and they're, they're a little, you know, a little younger than the Macintoshes, but still got conviction. And I asked them, like, why, why do you desire to be hospitable? Like, what is it about hospitality? What is it? Why do you have the conviction that you have? And he just kind of recorded something for like three minutes, and he was just preaching. He was just reading the word of God. You know, I was like, amen, Olu, bring your word, amen. So he's got a little three, three and a half minutes where Olu's just kind of sharing from his heart the conviction of why he, as a younger guy who didn't grow up with maybe in some of these settings, but he opened up the Bible and got a conviction about what it means to be hospitable. So he, he recorded this for us. They got a little kid, so they didn't want to, you know, they're not coming in person, but hopefully watching online, but Olu uh, is going to share a little bit, just for a few minutes. Good morning, church. My name is Olu, my wife Kamala and I. Good morning, church. My name is Olu, my wife Kamala and I, a part of the In Town Community Group. And this right here is baby Iray. Say hi. We're here to talk about hospitality. When we think of hospitality, we think of the gospel. To us, the act of hospitality is the message of the gospel. If you look at Isaiah 55, verse 1, it says, Come all who are thirsty, come to the waters, and, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. So essentially here, we can see, the, we can see God's message to the lost world is simply come and eat. And if you look throughout scriptures, the Bible urges us as disciples to be hospitable. 
it says, seek hospitality. In John, in John 6, verse 25, when Jesus has just finished feeding the five, 4,000, he crossed over to the other side. And there he found people there. And the people said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus answered, very true, very truly I tell you, you were not looking for me. Not because you saw those signs I performed, but because you ate loaves and had your fill. So here we can see people were actually seeking out Jesus. And Jesus did let them know, I know you're not seeking me out because of all the signs I performed, all the message I preached about the kingdom, but you are seeking me out because you had loaves and had your fill. So here we can see how the message of God or the message of the gospel is simply come and eat. When you look, come and eat. In Matthew 25, verse 35 to 40, this was Jesus' last messages to his disciples. And he talks about when the, when the um, Son of Man comes back in glory, this is what he will ask them. He will say, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did you see, when, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did you see, when, when did we see you a stranger and invited you in or needed clothes and clothed you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for this one of the least of this brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So here we see that essentially when the Bible tells us to be hospitable, what it's actually telling us to do is, it's okay, look honey. When the Bible tells us to be hospitable, what the Bible is really telling us to do is to spread the gospel. Okay? Simply telling us the gospel is really come and eat. Not everyone will respond to our powerful messages. Not everyone will respond to our, you know, our amazing prayers or amazing word study. But a lot of people will respond like they did to Jesus when they have their fill, when they've ate, they've, 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 they've ate and had their fill. They will respond to, to they will look for Jesus. And, and to us, We've come to really accept the fact that being hospitable is simply spreading the gospel. And that's our conviction on hospitality that, you know, we don't have to be, um, and we don't have to do amazing size and wonder. We just really have to feed, feed and clothe um, others. And thanks for letting me share. As we, uh, we're going to take the Lord's Supper in just a moment, and uh, I, I recommend, I've recommended many books. I think this is a good one if you want to get started uh, to really explore these practices a little more in depth. It's a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Uh, definitely, I think, a great starting place for many people to really look into these practices. And he shares something in the book. Jesus didn't command us to follow his practices. Neither did he give lectures on how to do them or offer Saturday morning workshops on developing your own rule of life. He simply set the example of a whole new way to carry life. Then he turned around and said, if you're tired of the way you've been doing it and you want rest for your souls, then come 
take up the easy yoke and copy the details of my life. And I think that's very spot on. And, and as we prepare for the Lord's Supper, I'm going to read this passage, which is familiar to you. But I hope this, is, this really embodies what I hope we get out of all of these messages, this summer school of spirituality when we practice the way. I hope that you look at this passage and remember Jesus, the details of his life, how he carried himself, and what he said as well. And, and what better example before we take the Lord's Supper than this one that we're very familiar with in John's Gospel, beginning in chapter 13, verse 1. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was around him. And we know that he and Peter had a humorous interaction. But after that, John writes, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you, he said. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, because that is who I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, he will be blessed if you do them. Let's pray. God, we are grateful for your heart of hospitality towards us to provide this environment, this planet, for us to be able to thrive, to be able to see beautiful sights, but also to really be able to take that breath we all just took. Thank you for making this world so amazing for us to live in. But we know that it is a fallen world, and we're grateful that you are willing to come with Jesus to take on our sin on that cross. That he lived the life that we couldn't live, but he set us an example so that we could practice his ways. And I pray we remember him. Father, help us to embody his teachings in how we treat people. God, please help us to remember his body hanging on that cross as we take the bread. And remember that he actually shed blood for us as we take the juice. And help us to remember that through the power of your spirit, the grave could not hold him. That he rose from the dead and that he will return again. 
And as we were just reminded, because you have prepared a place for all of us. Father, help us to take that message into our neighborhoods and into our workplaces with a smile on our face, without grumbling or complaining. We pray this prayer in the name and in the power of Jesus. Amen.